Welcome to the Public Health Reform Podcast, a place for people to discuss tackling public health challenges, reducing inequalities, and creating a Scotland where everybody thrives. You're listening to the Public Health Reform Scotland podcast with Campbell Hart. In this edition, we're looking at a fresh approach being taken in a Scottish community to understand, plan for and respond to people and families living with addiction. It's an area included in the shared public health priorities and also one with no easy answers. In Renfrewshire, a new Alcohol and Drugs Commission, one of the first of its kind in Scotland, is looking to learn from those directly affected. I caught up with Councillor Jacqueline Cameron in Paisley. I asked her to tell me more about the project, which is managed by the Community Planning Partnership. Renfrewshire Council had a Tackling Poverty Commission and one of the themes that, that came out of that was the issue of, of alcohol and, and drugs you know, related to poverty. So it seemed natural that, that they would look more closely at alcohol and drugs in Renfrewshire as well as a, as a follow-on. But also there had been a lot of publicity in the media and tabloids about drug-related deaths. Although we realised that this was a big concern, we didn't want that to be the only thing that the council looked at. We wanted to have a wider remit um, and look at it in a, in a public health light as well and, and look at not just people who were, were using alcohol and drugs, but, but a public health remit and getting people to look at their behaviours and their habits and, and change. And, you know, I know in public health reform in Scotland, you talk a lot about a whole systems approach and that was very much the approach that we wanted to, to take. We wanted to make sure that every area of the council, from housing to education um, to the actual alcohol and drug partnership, we're, we're looking at the same themes and, and working together. We often talk about partnership working and I think most organisations would say that they do it. It seems from the way that you're looking at the, the ADC here, um, it has been an effort to, to do things in a slightly different way. You've mentioned the, sort of the, the number of organisations uh, that you've already got uh, involved in that. Has it been a refreshing way to, to do that? Absolutely. I would say that, uh, similar to the Tackle and Poverty Commission, there are all sorts of agencies involved. And I think it's about everybody um, getting behind the aims and, and the principles and the ethos of, of the Commission. And that's very much what's happened. So, as I said earlier, everyone from housing to education, but also our, our um, voluntary sector um, partners have been very enthused Alan McNiven, who you're going to meet later, he's been at practically every focus group and, and he's been very enthusiastic about the work of the Commission. And again, although everyone has come from their particular skill and their particular area, we've, we've all gelled quite well together. And yeah, obviously there, there may be some differences of opinions and views, but I think very much we're all behind what we want to achieve and the positive outcomes that, that we want to get from the Commission. So I felt that from, from day one and that, that's been a theme all, all the way through. That yeah, as I say, we've all we've all got different ideas, but there's been quite a unity in the direction that that we've been taking and and the outcomes that that we're looking at. Because quite often, I suppose, what people hear about this kind of area, uh, it's the negative stuff in the press, the sort of the uh, the, the headlines about crime or, or deaths that you mentioned um, already. I suppose to an extent that your approach here is is, is trying to chip away at, at that and, and to get people thinking about it differently. And one of the themes that came up from um, the focus groups when we were working with families and, and service users was the stigma that people feel and the way that, that they're looked upon, the language that people use. 
um, and um, they've reflected that it's been very hurtful and that's certainly something that, that we've talked about as a commission about how we can change those attitudes and again that's not going to be something that's easy. We've got um, Police Scotland involved in the commission and they know from first hand the, the sort of language that people use about people who are using drugs or, or alcohol and about how difficult it's going to be to turn that round, how to get local media to look at things differently. And yeah, I think that, that we are making progress, but I think it's going to be a big task, but it's something that everyone's very, very committed to. And when you hear people talking about their families and about the words that really hurt, it's, it's quite moving and it's something that we want to make a change and make a difference in Renfrewshire. We want Renfrewshire to um, really embrace the rights, respect and recovery agenda that, that the Scottish Government have set and just again uh, try and change everyday attitudes and, and say to people this is somebody's family member, this is somebody's son, daughter, mother, father even and just start that, that change happening. And I suppose it's that expectation from them about what's going to actually change that is going to be the important thing for, for families that are affected by this. I know the Commission's only in place for a year and your expectations for that to sort of mm -hmm. uh, become more mainstream, if you like. Yeah. How, how is it set at the moment? What, yeah. what have you sort of yeah. found so far? Well, yeah, I think every focus group that I've attended have been clear with the people that I've met that we definitely don't want this just to be a series of talks and chats and nothing come out of it. We will have recommendations that, that we'll say um, later this year, but I think it's important that um, after the Commission winds up that these recommendations are taken forward by Council officers um, and implemented. We also want to make sure that we feed back to the people that we've met because, again, I think it's quite common in, in these sort of focus groups where people are asked their opinion um, and, you know, people talk to them about it and then no one ever comes back and says, you, you know, this is what you told us and, and this is what we've done. So that, I think that's very important as well. But yeah, the work of the, the Commission will continue long after the Commission's disbanded because we do want it to be a whole systems approach so it just becomes part and parcel of what Renfisher Council does. One of the main areas you hear time and time again here is the importance of using lived experience to help redesign services. Lorraine Bruce volunteers at Paisley's Sunshine Recovery Cafe after turning away from a life of addiction. It was quite a young age that I started using drugs. I was just went into high school, I think, when I started smoking cannabis. And it was through boredom more than anything and lack of knowledge. I just kind of progressed slowly. Um, I had some mental health issues with depression as well. But at that point, there wasn't really much help. Nobody spoke about anything. So in my head, like, well, there must be something wrong if I'm thinking these sort of things. Like, I feel different from what everybody else does. And it was purely because nobody else spoke about it at the time that you didn't realise that other people were going through the same issues as you. Things deteriorated and to the point that by the time I was 16, I was on heroin, I was in a homeless unit. I lost contact with just about everybody that I'd grew up with, even my parents as well. You roll into that wee pattern of isolation without even realising problems become bigger, but at the time you're using it, thinking that it's eliminating these problems, not realising that there's actually more building up. Looking back on it now, was there anything in your life at the time when you were 13, 14, 15, did it tip you over? I think a lot of it is growing up just and kind of trying to figure out who you are as a person and it's quite hard in the first place. Obviously I'd suffered with depression as well and then at 15, or 14 actually, I fell pregnant 
um, and had a termination at 15. Back then, like you were always told, don't talk about your problems, you just keep that quiet, you just go on with it. And it doesn't help, it makes more things build up, whereas I've now come to realise over the years that speaking about it does help. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, I suppose, but it's good to see the difference. Like, when I got into recovery ten years ago, you would sit down and talk to someone, they'd be like, so how do you feel? And you tell them, they go, oh, but that's not what the book says. And I'm like, but just because you've read it in a book doesn't mean you understand the actual experience of it. And the other things that come into play with it as well, like obviously homelessness, like you're in trouble a lot with the law as well. Like sometimes for things that, because you were sleeping rough, it's not even because you've been out doing an actual criminal offence. For the Alcohol and Drugs Commission, they've put a lot of focus on speaking to people that they have lived through addiction. Do you, do you yep. feel that they, they mean what they say? A hundred percent. We've had the commissions even come in and sat down with people that attend the cafe and asked them for their thoughts, what they feel helped them, what they feel didn't. So they can try and, look, they're listening to the people that have the experience now rather than sitting with a textbook and trying to figure it out. And as you can see the progression now, we've got people with lived experience are getting employment where they're getting to help someone. Because that was, I'd actually worked with um, Scottish Drugs Forum there, um, done my addiction worker training programme with them. And that was the big thing I noticed when in services that if I went out to talk to someone I was with a homeless service but obviously there's addiction comes with that as well not with every case but that was the big thing I noticed was when you sat down to speak to them and it was like no no there's not a problem no no everything is absolutely rosy and I would say something as simple as do you know I've actually been where you were and see the things I went through and be like, what do you mean you tell them even just one small thing and that was enough just to open them up and you get to find out, right, okay, so, well, you have got a wee problem here, right, well, what we'll do is, do you know how to do, because it's simple things that you don't think of, like filling out a form for, to try and get a benefit, that the life you have through addiction, it's not a normal life, these things aren't a day-to-day -day thing, so that can be a struggle, and it's even something as simple as that, somebody saying, well, come on, I'll help you fill out the form, as opposed to just being told, no, you should know how to fill out a form, go do it. It's nice to see... As you see, see, everybody opens up when they realise that, well, okay, and maybe we're not so different then, you're not going to judge me. And I think that's what a lot of the barriers been till now, it's the fear of judgement. I think at the moment there's been a lot of talking, there's a lot of people have, have given their opinions over and they're looking to get all these ideas and, and try and uh, get services. We're all starting to link in together now, the services as well. Everybody's starting to like, communicate and share the information that's needed to progress forward, to make recovery more accessible to people. And then do you think if a uh, 16 year old Lorraine was told that actually there is all this support here, would it have made a difference to you? Definitely. Like, I did want the help then and don't get me wrong, I was offered as much help as what was available at that time, but at that time, like, that was 11 years ago now, there wasn't as much. It really does warm my heart to see the difference in how people are being treated now in recovery. When I was trying to get into recovery, I was told there was no such thing, like, that was you, you were going to die an addict, there was no other option. But there is, there's so many people have come out the other side of it, but you'd never hear the success stories. But we're finally starting to hear them and people are starting to share their story now and realise that it might have been a negative thing, what we've been through, but we can turn it into a positive. 
Lorraine Bruce there ending on a positive note that with the right help people can and do leave addiction behind. But we know this doesn't happen by accident and partners need to work well together to understand and deal with the issues facing communities. Engage Renfrewshire's the third sector interface working with the Alcohol and Drugs Commission. Chief Executive Alan McNiven says he's optimistic about the future. I think there's some really strong things about the Commission itself in that you're bringing lots and lots of experts together from across the country. And then you get some local input as well, you're hearing the voice of experience as well at the table from some of the service provision. I think um, you have to be honest, and you have to use the Commission to really talk about some of the difficulties of delivering services around this agenda. It's not an easy conversation to have with yourself, but it's, uh, but it's better, I think, to have that conversation so you start to talk about, this, talk about the needs of, of people locally and that wider responsibility we have for alcohol and drug use as a, as a community and how we want to see our communities as a whole. I've already spoken to some people that have had direct experience of, mm. of addiction in their own lives. Yeah. And there's obviously some very harrowing uh, details that they would come out uh, yeah. with. Mm -hmm. So it's not a it's not a one size fits all approach. Mm -hmm. uh, is that something you've had to recognise from the very start? Absolutely, and I think the the user experience has been at the centre of the of the commission's approach. Um, but absolutely, there's not going to be one size fits all. In fact, obviously, we're speaking to young people in schools. We're speaking to people who have been through the homeless units, so we're speaking to people who are still in dependency programmes. So it's really about looking at that whole variety of experience to try to shape the services for the future. And obviously mental health, for example, comes out time and time again as something that um, people are struggling with and services are struggling with. So I think we really, as I say, need to get it right by listening to people and listening to the issues they have. So yeah, one size fits all is just not going to make it, I don't think. Drug addiction in itself is, is nothing new. People have tried to, mm -hmm. to deal with it for a, for a long time. Do you feel that this sort of broad church, if you like, with uh, you know the, the third sector and with the council, NHS uh, and all the partners in that area, can that make a difference and, and why hasn't it worked before? I think if you look at where the, the Alcohol and Drugs Commission for Remshire sits, it sits within community planning. And community planning has got that responsibility to speak to all partners about all services. You can't just you know, take health and take it away from the police or not involve the fire service or the third sector for that matter. So you've got to look at all partners and what they can bring to the table because everybody, health is a golden thread. So health is going to affect every one of our services. It takes a village to try to solve any problem, but community planning, I think, has had some successes of bringing partners together on a more regular basis, and that gives us the basis for these types of commissions. So I think we are, we are, at, we are in Scotland, I think, taking, taking an idea and pushing it quite far. So I think community planning does help that sort of, that, that sort of approach. And does it feel different to you? We're, we're lucky in Renfrewshire that we've been through this kind of model before with uh, child poverty, and we it will come out of the back of that, I think, with some really strong examples of where partnership working works and where we need to make it better. But the best thing I, I would say in terms of you know that partnership approach is that voice of local people, voice of users and voice of local people, and looking at real needs. So it, I, I don't know if it feels different for Renfrewshire, because Renfrewshire's got good, quite a good track record of working in partnership. But I think it, it, when people come and they get involved in that, it feels very honest. So I know, there's, I know there's other commissions elsewhere that have looked at other agendas, including alcohol and drugs, but in Renfrewshire I would say there's a fair bit of honesty getting spoken, which is not always an easy conversation to have with yourself. The commission itself it hasn't got that long no. to run. Yeah. Are you confident that there's long-term buy-in between the different partners to make sure that what you find out and then how you respond will actually be taken on board and make a difference? 
I'm confident because obviously we do have the health and social care partnership locally, which which obviously underpins a lot of what alcohol and drugs will need to deliver. Alcohol and drugs services will need to deliver in the future. So I'm confident, but I think it will take us all to keep our eye on the ball. We can't just have a commission and say that was great. Here's some outcomes and put it in a drawer. The outcomes have to be developed and changed, and they have to be reflective of how needs are changing locally. So as I say, we are looking at young people's points of view and older people's points of view and all parts in between. And invariably, there's going to need to be development as these these services get. Know, get developed. The thing that I'm most confident about is the local buy-in. We will get communities buying into this approach as long as we make sure we reflect on coming back to the communities and telling them what's happening and changing. We can't just have a conversation and then not, re not reflect and bring that information back. So we need to keep people at the table. The Renfrewshire Alcohol and Drugs Commission is just one project looking to address a serious public health challenge, with many more asking similar questions across Scotland. What's clear here though is that the people the project's trying to help are fully engaged, feel included and are hopeful about their long-term recovery. If you're interested in finding out more about public health reform in Scotland, check out our website, publichealthreform.scot, or you can follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.